D&D players of Reddit, what is the most creative character you've seen someone play as? I once kidnapped a player character wizard and replaced them with a high-level illusion created by the BBEG. The player then had to control the illusion from the perspective of the BBEG. That's big bad evil guy, pretending to still be a member of the party. It was surprisingly effective. Just as they reached the BBEG, they were slowly realizing he wasn't helping much anymore. I played as a Wemmick back in college, and I loved that character. He was a druid, and thus could only carry wooden weapons. So, after thinking about it, I gave him a lance, and then proceeded to get every feat you could for a knight on horseback. Trample, charges, etc. I leveled like a monster class instead of a player class, aka slow as snails, but man, it was a hella fun character. He could do some insane damage by the end of the game, and if he had to get into close combat, he could do rake, rake, bite for damage. My favorite part, though, were his two animal companions. The first was a weasel that took levels of thief. So it was our trap dismantler, and eventually had vorpal front teeth, so it had a devastating bite attack. The second was, and I'm not kidding, a giant white blood cell. It had been magicked out of a giant, and made even larger, and it rode around on my druid's back. As the group's healer, it would blob onto them and heal them with a few levels of cleric. Mind you, my druid was teamed up with the lizardman barbarian, who was surprisingly smart, and the fey bard that would drink anything put in front of him, which is how he ended up as a half-elf woman of a different alignment by the end of the game. The Fey had a long-standing thing about drinking anything put in front of him. The campaign was heading to a big showdown between our ragtag group and what we thought was a terrible wizard. As it turned out, she was a high-level alchemist and had been using her potions to do much of her deeds. Unfortunately, when she was gone, all of her potions were sitting there and the Fey decided, why not? then panicked when he changed gender and drank something else, then another, and kept rolling hysterically on this table the DM had whipped up. A camel. Not just any camel, but a racing camel named Rocket Boots. We had a party member who was inconsistent about showing up for the games, and he showed up in the middle of a short campaign we were running after we had received a stolen racing camel. It's hard to say exactly what it was, but the guy went ham role-playing this camel, making camel noises and doing camel things. It was absolutely hilarious. I haven't done it yet, but I've always wanted to play as a true polymorphed chair. The chair was turned into a human, or any player race, and then started learning, maybe becoming a wizard himself. I don't know how anyone would ever know since the change becomes permanent, but if he ever walked through an anti-magic field, he would just turn back into a chair and be gone forever, and no one else would walk through there for fear of being turned into a chair. I played with a 100% randomly generated character. I had a decent combo of class and race, half-elf and ranger, but my stats were completely dysfunctional for a ranger. My worst stats by far were dex and wisdom. In fact, they were the worst in the group. I was the ranger that could do everything a ranger was not supposed to do, and nothing that a ranger was actually supposed to do. For one campaign, I played a gnome illusionist and put all the points into alchemy. With my starting gold, which the DM gave us way too much, and few limitations, I bought a riding dog, 
two saddlebags of holding, and then another for my own carrying, I spent the rest of my gold on all the mundane gear you could possibly imagine. I used a spreadsheet to track it because the DM was irritated. I had three years of food and water, three tents, ten cots, a collapsible bathtub, gnome-sized, everyone else can bring their own, a collapsible chair and desk for scribing scrolls, a portable alchemist lab, all manner of rope, poles, tools, containers, and even a few weapons. I packed trail cakes, fine wine, and a few pounds of honey. I think the only other magic items I took besides the bag of holding was a firestone. Don't recall the exact name, but it produced a fire from small campfire up to huge bonfire and renewed the item after eight hours or so. I wish that campaign had gone on longer. I really enjoyed pulling random stuff out of my bag and then making the DM refer to the printed copy I had handed him two weeks ago, showing that yes, I did in fact have half a pound of marbles. Well, at least you didn't lose them. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm... Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> bye bye My current campaign is made entirely from players who are new to D&D, myself included. So in building characters, my friend rolled mostly average stats, with the exception of intelligence, so he has a minus three in that. So we basically determined that he's illiterate. During our campaign, he also referred to the DM as God as a joke, and he kept asking questions like, All right, God, what do we do about this? So I made a joke that it looks like his character is actually communicating with God on a regular basis, but everyone around him just thinks he's insane and will never believe him. He then got the personality trait, Divine Guidance, which allows him to have a helpful hint once per campaign session, so canonically his character can communicate with God, but to everyone else, he's just talking to himself as a result of his intellectual ineptitude. In plain English, a monk who fought everything by punching it repeatedly in the privates, Pathfinder monk with the maneuver master archetype who spammed dirty trick maneuvers, the look on the DM was priceless when they read the rules. Here's how it went. I tripped the tiger. Okay. Rolls the dice. Yep, the tiger's now prone. I elbow dropped the tiger in his fierce, fierce privates. Okay, so a regular unarmed strike. Oh, no, 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 no. There are rules for that. No, there aren't. I beg to differ. The rules are this. You can attempt to hinder a foe in melee as a standard action. This maneuver covers any sort of situational attack that imposes a penalty on a foe for a short period of time. Examples include kicking sand into an opponent's face to blind him, pulling enemy's pants down to have his speed, or hitting a foe in a sensitive spot to make him sickened for a round. Huh. I guess you can punch the tiger in the privates. All the fights went from epic fantasy battles to this monk pocket-sanding, private-punching, and pantsing his way through every enemy. I don't know if there are any JoyQuest fans that are listeners to these kind of videos, but I was the dungeon master for JoyQuest, and I actually had a very similar situation to this. Uh, one of the players played literally as Jackie Chan, but he kind of named himself as, like, Jackie Chan. He actually had to fiddle around with this as well by implementing the way of the open hand in scenarios that weren't combat. So arm wrestling, 
So in one of the episodes, he actually tried to do like a bunch of different dexterity checks and he tried to like slime and gum up his hands with a bunch of spit or some spilled ale and basically try to cheat his way to the prize. Ah, players. I've got a friend who is a weird character machine. Most recently is an orc named Sterog who believes that weapons are a coward's weapon and beats people to their end with his shields. Before that was Robert the Destroyer, a barbarian who threw ladders at people. There was $3.50, or Tree Fitty, to his friends, a really creepy monk who could shoot vines out of his hands like Spider-Man, Villa Gamish, a 5e warlock who, halfway through a random goblin encounter, realized he was terminating them for no reason and became a staunch defender of goblin rights. Harold the Great and Powerful was a bard who was absolutely useless, but invested everything in bluff and insisted he was a high-level wizard, also had a penchant for buying people's souls and then pushing them towards positions of power. The Bear Witch Project, a.k.a. Bwip, or Bruce Bairner, was a lycanthrope witch that spent most of his time in half-bear form. When asked what his gut feelings were on a topic, he responded with, I have many feelings on guts. And of course, Justin Chandler, a shaman who saved literally all his gold till level 7, then used it to permanently enlarge and awaken his pet frog and deck it out with sweet gear. A player made a dwarf who was actually a very small human raised by dwarves. He was a barbarian and was modeled after Macho Man Randy Savage. He had a pet wolverine which he would throw at people screaming, THE FASTBALL SPECIAL! The Wolverine didn't last too long. Randy, throughout the campaign, slowly went insane due to his fear of magic. Randy then began cutting people's hands off for no apparent reason, and the legend of Macho Man ended when he attempted to suplex a dragon. Suplexing a dragon. I mean, this sounds like an epic tale if you think about it. Just like this little man's like walking up this huge, like ancient dragon, just me mortals. They feared me for thousands of years. What will you do? I'll do like I always do. I'm gonna go in for that suplex. You need yourself a slim jim. And then, unfortunately, he's crushed. <laughs> wow, what a tale! It's been a long time, but as I remember it. My buddy was using Middle-earth as the setting. My character was an elf with polymorph abilities, hung out in Mirkwood, and while transformed as various woodland creatures, spied on passerby on behalf of Gladrio. Spending a hundred plus years in Mirkwood changed her into something a bit more enty. Not physically, just personality. Lazy. Likes to talk about trees. At this point, I wasn't tainted with min-maxing or metagaming, so I was more than content to make this weird awesome elven forest woman with no social or combat skills and send her into an adventure based on subterfuge, navigating deserts, and combat. I was also interested in making an elven woman who wasn't the Tolkien archetype. More awkward, homely, blunt, super into trees and tree stuff, and not the usual, let's make dope skyscrapers out of these redwoods way, but more like, let me tell you which tree sap tastes best right off the bark. So she ended up being whisked away, reassigned to an adventure in the east past Mordor, in a desert where according to the DM, Tolkien's mentioned in only one paragraph 
blue wizards were hiding. She was very upset with her reassignment. Over the course of the adventure, because wizards, she got stuck as a parrot, rode another character's shoulders, perfect disguise, lots of scouting, lots of complaining about not being a Mirkwood, and also being a parrot. Many Mirkwood facts, Mirkwood reminisces, drawing maps of Mirkwood in the sand with a talon. The entire time, I had her advising the party that returning to Mirkwood would be the best option. That said, when the enemy least expected it, BAM! Sleep mist and trash talk punctuated with blocks, surprisingly effective. We never finished the campaign, so I like to imagine she just abandoned them at some point, and there's a colorful parrot flying happily around Mirkwood, perching on a character who's actually from Mirkwood, not Treebeard, who I've been reminded is from Fangorn. See, all I know is Mirkwood Squawk, nothing else. It was fun to think about this again after all this time. Now I'm probably going to remake her as an important NPC in my new wilderness adventure-based campaign. I don't know why, but for some reason when I imagine this, like, very chill elven woman who's just so attached to the forest, whenever she's, like, in, like, this parrot form, I just picture Iago. So, like, can you imagine, like, that change between just, like, Hello, I am an old elven woman here to guide you on your path back to Mirkwood to... Hey, you know what? I don't like being a parrot! This is ridiculous! Hey, let's go back to Mirkwood and check out the tree bark, huh? Rah! Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I once played a game where the players did not know any of their stats. Everything was run by descriptions like, you're really good at getting into places that you shouldn't, picklock skill, or you're bleeding from several wounds and are nearly at death's door. If it were that kind of game, the players wouldn't necessarily know where they were. By the way, it was the best campaign I'd ever been a part of. The GM was a freaking genius. We were in the Marines together, and he got orders to go to Korea. When he came back, he no longer played and wouldn't associate with us nerds anymore. Dude was a natural, and I never found out just what happened. All I know is he didn't find religion, as suggested. I think he was met with anti-nerd peer pressure, which is funny because the nerds were also Marines, so there it is. A thief with one level of illusionist that passed himself off as an archwizard, throwing fireballs and screaming, These beasts are immune to magic! Ooh! In a fight, which was a funny experience. He was good at scamming NPCs, though. My character is similar to that, a thief that pretends that what he does is all magic. We were supposed to be infiltrating a cult that was gathering a presence in this town. The other people in my party joined the guard, and I was going to investigate the city's criminal underworld. And then I got distracted and ended up convincing a bunch of people of my magical power and how I can make them as good as me. So I became the kingpin of the criminal element in the city. It ended up not helping us find the cultists at all. But when we found them, I had an army. A necromancer who thought they were a cleric. 
only the player and DM knew and had a list translating what the player said they were doing and what they were actually doing, i.e. spells, daily prep, so the others wouldn't catch on out of character. In his formative years, he came upon a book of forbidden spells. Being young and stupid, he assumed it was a book of divine rituals. Fast forward several years, and he wanders the land preaching about the everlasting life. He's skilled in first aid and potions because not every scrape requires divine intervention, but has some spells that will bring someone back from the brink of death. He also has a bodyguard who wears full plate armor, who follows him around because he owes a life debt. Doesn't talk much, though. The other players never discussed removing their own armor, or eating, or using the bathroom, so nobody found it odd that the NPC never did. The other players also never took points in Knowledge Arcane to discover the spell effects that didn't match what they should. Unfortunately, he got found out when one of the party members went down, and he turned them into a zombie. The players were then in on the joke and weren't able to separate what they knew and what their characters knew, which is why they weren't told from the start. If the party member hadn't gone down, there was a plan to have a personal quest, in a trial of faith style, to see if he could unintentionally turn himself into a lich, and if the party would help him do so. Mimic companions are what made me fall in love with the concept of tabletops and random chance. Just messing around with a friend of mine, he happened upon a mimic, fed it a live fairy that was annoying him, and it became his friend for life. That mimic NPC rolled natural 20s like it was his freaking job, and honestly, single-handedly carried the party, with a bit of help from a sentient severed goblin hand, for the rest of the series. All the players had terrible rolls for hours, and just sat in wonder while Mimic and Handy wrecked a lich dragon. All hail the mighty luggage. There was a campaign where the party came across a magical cauldron filled with boiling gold. They were told they could drop an item in and it would be turned to gold while retaining all of its other properties and be imbued with intelligence. They were warned that the said intelligence might be malevolent. While the party debated what to drop in, the gnome rogue jumps in. He became gold-coated, which increased his armor class significantly, but also became cursed with an evil alter ego. There was much rolling to determine when and for how long he was forced to play as chaotic evil. I played a human fighter. He was a carpenter, had a wife and children. He was a really kind man. So kind, in fact, he didn't carry a weapon. He was non-violent. His flaw, however was that he had a massive malignant brain tumor pressing on his amygdala. Since they didn't have CAT scans in this universe, no one knew that he had inoperable brain cancer. Whenever our party was in a situation that caused great stress, like combat, for example, my character would slip into a sort of trance and go on a rampage in the battlefield. He was absolutely stacked in combat, so he would absolutely clean the hell up when it hit the fan. The gentle carpenter would turn into a snarling, mumbling maniac who royally crapped on anyone who dared oppose him. He would come out of the trance with no memory of the fighting. Since he didn't carry a weapon, this required some creativity, so I made my character a master of improvised weaponry. Before combat, I would ask the DM if there was anything in the room I could lift above my head. Whatever was nearest is what I used as a weapon. Chair, stones, dead enemy's femur you name it. 
My character was a whirlwind of bottles, debris, and the occasional small animal, a true force to be reckoned with. His name was Buin the Machine Rodriguez. Buin? I mean, I I was so, I, I'm still invested. This is a very cool character concept, kind of like a Dr. Jack and Mr. Hyde scenario, but like with like actual medical knowledge behind it. But the name Buin throws me off. Is that like a short term for like brain, brain I guess? But I just can't help to be like, my name is Buin the Machine Rodriguez. So, you want me to use my fists, huh? Uh... When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description as well. Thanks a lot for watching. See you next time.